హలో ఎవ్రీవన్ నమస్తే వెల్కమ్ టు అనదర్ ఎపిసోడ్ ఆఫ్ ఆకాశ్ వార్త ఇన్ దిస్ వీ హ్యావ్ సమ్ వెరీ గుడ్ న్యూస్ స్టోరీస్ వితౌట్ ఎనీ ఫర్దర్ డిలే లెటస్ గెట్ ఇన్ టు ద ఫస్ట్ బిట్ ఆఫ్ న్యూస్ నాసా క్రాఫ్ట్ టచెస్ సన్ ఫర్ ద ఫస్ట్ టైమ్ డైవ్స్ ఇన్ టు అట్మాస్ఫియర్ సో దిస్ ఈస్ టాకింగ్ అబౌట్ ద నాసాస్ లాంచ్డ్ ద పార్కర్ సోలార్ ప్రోప్ which was launched uh, with the mission sole mission to study the atmosphere of sun which hadn't been done until this point of time so what do you mean by touching it means that the aircraft has or the spacecraft has reached the unexplored solar atmosphere which is known as the corona so corona is the outer layer of the atmosphere of the sun and this is the first time that has man made object has been able to reach that point in the solar atmosphere and collect enough data to study and further our understanding of the sun's atmosphere particularly the corona region now what has happened here is this is the eighth close approach of the solar parker probe around the sun and this time it actually flew through the corona and it has collected enough data i'm going to insert a video here that will explain as to how the video looks like because somebody did uh, a video out of the photos that are uh, taken by the solar parker probe maybe at the end of it you will watch the video it's a 13 second clip and it's very fascinating remember it was launched in 2018 at that time until now it's the fastest human made object uh, that is traveling some 13 million kilometers to reach the center of the sun and this is like a ground breaking event in terms of understanding our sun in a better way the reason the solar parker probe is unique because the mission is uh, slated to last till 2025 so the entire orbit of the solar parker probe is that it will gradually decrease its orbit size meaning it will dive deeper deeper and deeper into the sun's atmosphere until its final orbit in 2025 meaning it will crash into or burn up in the sun's atmosphere so what they are trying to do is every approach every orbit that it takes it decreases its altitude a little bit lower meaning it goes it grows closer and closer closer to the sun's atmosphere that is why the data that they are collecting here is of far more importance and far more significance not only they are getting data they are getting data that is layered enough that they can compare between the first pass and the later layers of data that they collect in the future so it means that it is dipping closer to the sun by every pass that it takes so it's very significant in that regard and the data will certainly help us predict the coronal ejections that are known to interfere with our electric devices our frequencies and our atmosphere most importantly our magnetic field that protects our uh earth's atmosphere and this will give an understanding as to how to better protect electronics on our on the surface of the earth in space and not only that 
it will give us a better understanding as to how our magnetic field protects us from these coronal mass ejections which are known to screw up with the humans right at the end of the day this data will certainly help not only on earth our future space missions longer manned missions and not only that this will help us in predicting future blackouts in the earth's magnetic field which the sun particles are known to interfere that is why we have the northern lights because of the interference of uh, our magnetic field with the sun's particles which are charged far higher than any other particle surrounding us in the near earth universe so that is what this um, solar park approach meaning the touching is nothing but the mission itself is it, its end game is to take a deep dive into the sun's atmosphere and while it is sacrificing itself it will beam up data that scientists will use years coming years to study it properly who knows what new secrets might the parker probe reveal about our sun so moving on to the next bit of information nasa's james webb space telescope officially set to launch on december 14th so after multiple delays after being plagued by issues after issues for a long period of time getting postponed not only once twice three thrice multiple times nasa has decided finally to officially set the launch date for the james webb space telescope on december 24th that is christmas so the nasa's this is the flagship observatory this is supposed to take the mantle from the hubble space telescope we know recently hubble space telescope has been struggling with its own issues there were multiple issues they had to shut it down they had to reboot a lot of systems a lot of backup systems had to be activated just to get it to working condition and we know it's highly impossible and highly unlikely to prolong the life of the hubble space telescope at this point of time it is not economically viable it is not physically viable because a lot of energy resources are being spent to ensure the uh, stable running of the hubble space telescope and the james telescope is set to take over the and become the eyes of not only the nasa but many other scientists in the world across the cosmos this is a good news right we are expected to launch this spacecraft or this telescope on december of 24th right uh, i hope you take time out of your day to watch the launch because like the mars rover there are five critical components in this particularly the first 30 or 40 minutes after the launch of the uh, telescope into the space becomes critical because that is where they have to ensure the tests are done and nothing goes wrong remember this telescope is supposed to take its position at the lagrange point which is unlikely that there will be future space missions to uh, correct or rectify or repair any issues the space other uh, telescope might have or develop in the near future we are not we are still not at the point of time where we can launch aircraft to that lagrange point and carry out repairs like we did to the hubble space telescope hopefully fingers crossed we uh, the launch goes uh, according to uh, the plan the telescope gets deployed 
like planned like scheduled and we get to have a new set of eyes on the cosmos and uh, it's high time that we replace the age-old hubble space telescope a big salute to it a big salute to the service that it has uh, done to humanity till this point of time and to any other work that it will do in the future remember the hubble telescope is not going to be retired anytime soon the idea is to keep on continue using the hubble space telescope as long as it works and if anything severely goes wrong then they retire it even then i don't think they are going to retire it because hubble space telescope is such a huge asset in terms of space observations that i don't think nasa is willing to let it go but nonetheless having this kinds of capabilities that james webb has is certainly a game changer in terms of uh, in terms of our ability to peer into the cosmos and i just can't wait for that new set of data to beamed back to earth from the james webb telescope i know there is a long calibration process i know that there is a long list of checks and uh, rechecks that they have to carry out but the first picture that they are going to traverse it back to the earth is going to be far more better than what we have been used to by the hubble space telescope so in one way or the other that is my optimism and hopes for the nasa james webb telescope and moving on to the next bit of news a little bit of downer it seems that a engine computer problem delays first sls launch so the sls system is nasa's new launch system that should take back nasa astronauts back to the surface of the moon not only that this is the work hours of nasa future work of work hours of nasa that will enable nasa to carry out deeper space missions longer space missions not only up to the moon but beyond the moon also so again like the james webb telescope the space space launch system sls has been developing a lot of delays in its developmental timeline and the newest of the malfunctions is a malfunctioning computer which is one of the four main engines particularly in one of the four main engines of the sls remember the sls is being currently stacked on the vertical assembly line the problem is they were supposed to launch this vehicle by the first quarter of the next year they were supposed to launch it by the end of this year but due to covid 19 and a lot of issues surrounding the supply chain uh, side of it not only the supply chain side of it but also the human side of it see uh, covid 19 threw a lot of wrenches in not only isro's uh, timeline but also in other space programs timeline also so the issue the issue was it was supposed to get stacked meaning it was supposed to get assembled by the end of this year and we would be seeing a launch by the beginning of the first next year but due to inordinate delays uh, inordinate delays induced by covid 19 uh the assembly itself has to be delayed and it is being currently assembled in one of nasa's uh, specially built assembly staging areas in us but they found that 
while they were doing their regular checks and uh, rechecks on the systems they found that one of the controllers of the engine 4 in one of the core stages of the SLS rocket seems to be faulty meaning they couldn't uh, deliver enough power to the computer to power it up and bring up the navigation system or the fire control system or whatever it is so they decided that in a it, it would be better for to replace the entire system altogether just as a safety precaution because they didn't even go through the static test yet individually components were tested but put together all uh, system checks were not carried out because as I said this is still being assembled in by NASA so NASA put out a statement they are saying that they will replace the engine controller returning the rocket to full functionality and redundancy while continuing to investigate and identify the root cause as far as their status is concerned they haven't given an official schedule as to when a launch will take place remember this this was supposed to be a test launch with uncrewed capsule on top of it Orion capsule which has gone through its own series of tests but those subsystems also have to be tested see a lot of testing has to take place before this uh, this takes its flight again but it seems that the uh, first window which they have decided which was supposed to be february 12th to 27th now they have been pu pushed it back to now they seem to have pushed it back to october of next year this doesn't bode well for the sls system remember sls system is not only struggling from uh, the uh, uh, manufacturing side of it it had the financial troubles also because uh, Senate hearings found that or in the sense Senate hearings kind of made the fact uh, public that there were a lot of cost overruns in the SLS system to begin with. So let us hope that NASA finds the problem, finds the root cause. As I said, it is, uh, it is not only going through the manufacturing, uh, the assembly side of the delays also. It has also been accused of cost overruns, which is a big no-no according to the American Congress, that is the US Congress. But nonetheless, let us hope we will get to see the first launch of the SLS system by the mid of next year, fingers crossed. Covid has thrown a lot of things, but let us hope something good comes out of it at the end of the day. So that is with the SLS system. Now let us move on to the next bit of information, which is I hope positive. NASA's Perseverance rover finds organic chemicals on Mars. So, okay, let us be clear. This doesn't mean that life existed on the surface of the Mars at any point of time in the past, but we don't know what will happen in the future. Fingers crossed, Elon Musk, the nuclear thing. But the finding of these chemicals is certainly interesting. Organic chemicals to be very specific. Now they have found, see these organic chemicals are nothing but one of the few life building blocks on the red planet. So this is not me saying, this is the article saying. But nonetheless, you understand that organic chemicals, organic compounds are very important parts of life in our earth. Not only that, scientists have observed over a period of time when they generally tend to find a sequence of organic compounds, organic chemicals, they generally try, uh, try to indicate or they tend to lead to discovery of species or organic matter in one point or the other in the past or maybe we don't know in the future too. Let us hope for the best. So it seems that Perseverance has identified 
carbon containing organic chemicals in some of the rocks that it has examined on the zerzo crater Fing, uh, pronunciation i know i have screwed it up but nonetheless carry on so it seems that the mission uh, the team has announced that they have successfully identified carbon containing organic chemicals in the rocks that they have observed not all the rocks but some of the rocks so what does it mean it means that they they collected few rock samples out of which few threw up organic compounds in the testing remember they have to get this data on back to the earth which they have done already i hope so and they have to carry out further analysis of the data that the perseverance rover has collected see it would mean a lot if they could come back with the sample to earth if the scientists on earth with the machines with the spectrometers with the analysis that uh, we have right now in our possession if they could get their hands on the sample they would easily say whether it was possible that life had existed in the past or not see there are a lot of uh, moving components around here but nonetheless uh, the sample get, getting back to the earth is long ways away there is a mission that uh, supposed to get the samples back to the surface of the earth but that is not happening right now but the data that they have collected up until this point of now does certainly indicate that does mars have life the question is still open ended but does the surface of the mars have compounds that support life yes these organic compounds these carbon organic compounds are certainly one component of in a large wheel of items that have to go right for life to have been existed on the surface of the mars in the past future let us not go there at all but nonetheless this is certainly an bit of good information so let me be very 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 clear this does not mean that life existed on mars in the past it just means that there are few compounds among many others that are required for a life on mars so that is again a bit of good news right i for, personally in my book it's a good news if not they could use these organic compounds in future space missions to create fuel or to create food that doesn't take away anything from it it's a bonus for both of these discover this discovery is an advantage for both creating a habitat on the surface of the mars not only that uh, this can be used as a potential fuel source for longer space missions that humanity might carry out in the future to those who don't know the instrument on board the perseverance rover which identifies these organic compounds is called sherlock s h e r l o c it stands for the scanning habitable environments with raman and luminescence for organics and chemicals hence the nickname sherlock s h e r l o c so it has sherlock and it is assisted by watson w a t s o n which is a color camera that is used to take closer color pictures of the samples that the sherlock collects so again a lot of uh, play on words here but nonetheless sherlock did its job right and it discovered the organic compounds so up until this point of time we covered every bit of information from around the world now let us look into our own country 
ASTRO. So it seems that the uh, first mission in terms of deep ocean studies, right? Along the Gaganyan program, we are also developing Samudrayan, right? ISRO is uh, helping the government of India in developing the systems for the Samudrayan mission, uh, which is uh, mandated to study the depths of the ocean in the world, on Earth, not away from Earth, on Earth. So it seems that a personal sphere, for the first time, we are developing a deep ocean manned mission that is being solely developed by ISRO and DR Devo. So this would be the country's first manned scientific submersible for deep ocean missions and the technology support is being provided by ISRO and DR Devo. If successful, this vessel which uh, would be named Sagar Nidhi, right? Uh, this would be used with the research vessel Sagar Nidhi which was launched uh, in October of uh, this year. Again, the idea is to build a personal sphere of titanium alloy that would uh, uh, that would be submersible, right? That would be a manned submersible, and it would go up to the depths of six thousand meter, and this would help in studying the depths of the ocean in a detailed manner. Again, this is part of the Samudrayan mission where ISRO is giving its technical know-how and expertise to make this mission successful now moving on to the more exciting bit of weekly space news beat that is isro to launch sslv in the first quarter of 2022 lift off satellites from four countries during 2021 and 2023 so this bit of information is very 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 good news from my perspective now SSLV will provide the payload capability of 500 kilograms to a 500 kilometer planar orbit. SSLV stands for the small satellite launch vehicle that ISRO has been developing for a long period of time. It seems that it is in the final stages of development and we would get to see its maiden launch in the first quarter of 2022 fingers crossed my favorite word in terms of coming to indian space research organization is let us hope so let us be positive because we know how 2020 has been 2021 has been for isro in terms of launches we had seen failures we had seen delays we had seen postponements lot of delays a lot of rescheduling has to take place but let us hope that we'll get to see the first maiden launch of the small satellite launch vehicle. This will be a big boost to not only ISRO but also the commercial space sector, space industry that is developing or budding in our country. Because majority of the startups in our country are orienting themselves towards the small satellite launch industry and this will certainly help because the statements coming out of ISRO are nothing short of positive because they are saying that they are developing this vehicle they are keeping the keeping it in mind to engage with private sector when they are developing system systems for these satellite launch vehicles so it seems that see a lot of technical details are in the dark from whatever I understand, I am not going to speculate. Let us have a clear picture of what are the technicalities of it. Until Up until that point of time, I am not going to say what is what. Even though I have few some information in regards to what are the internal functions or functionings of it or whatever it is. 
until and unless they make it public i am not going to speculate on that so that is why it seems that it has it will have a capability of carrying 500 kilogram satellites to an orbit of 500 kilometer planar orbits that is what um, uh, that is what uh, the official statement from the ministry is here so sslv will have three uh, flights uh, the supposed to be d1 d2 d3 uh, that were supposed to take place successively uh, confirming the systems of the launch vehicle and after the successful d3 mission if everything goes according to plan and the mission is a success then they'll start taking commercial satellites onto onto the planar orbit let us hope because this will give uh, isro the ability that spacex possess right now spacex has high turnaround capabilities not only that uh, high launch frequency compared to other space company uh, space faring companies so this will be for india to uh, monetize some of its assets so they get money they need to carry out future and longer and much riskier much bigger missions in the future that is how you get money to support your future endeavors and research and development to those who don't know sslv is a solid stage rocket it doesn't have any liquid stage all the three stages of this rocket are solid stage recently if you don't know china has or uh, china see one of the companies that is backed by the chinese government had tested a solid rocket fuel uh, sorry solid rocket which which is supposed to be comparable to the sslv but it failed this happened recently so china is also in that sphere but let us hope that we beat them to that in that race so again this will be able uh, sslv will be able to launch small satellites nano satellites and uh, uh, so on and so forth so coming bit uh, coming to the next bit of information isro to launch satellites from four countries in 2021 to 2023 it seems that isro has signed six agreements with four countries where they tend to launch their satellites on isro's vehicles particularly the polar satellite launch vehicles the schedule is supposed to take place in between 2021 and 2023 and this will certainly as i said at this point of time isro has to earn its own revenue so that it can get enough money allocated to it so that that money might be used for future longer and deeper and riskier space missions let us hope this will lead to the development of completely reusable vehicle at least the first stage of it should be reusable let us hope they have plans in a play and we'll get to see uh, indian space isro's boosters right at the end of the day isro it's isro's so we get to see the first stages of uh, pslv returning to launch pads either on sri harikota or on the sea like what spacex does right spacex has done a wonderful job in coming up to that point of time let us hope that india will catch up to that uh, ability to reuse recapture their own stages of rockets so to the last bit of information i have saved this up because it has been controversial controversial not controversial controversial isro signs agreement with chinese firm oppo for r&d crucial navigation service isro has received a lot of flack from lot of people given the current scenario between india and china a lot of criticism has been directed towards isro and the government of india 
as to how they could allow or how could they align with a Chinese company for technologies like this which are very crucial to Indian indigenization. First, it seems that according to the agreement, ISRO's NAVIC system provides detailed regional navigation services covering the Indian mainland and area up to 15,000 kilometers sorry 1500 kilometers beyond the mainland and Oppo will integrate the NAVIC systems onto their mobile phones for better navigational services in Indian subcontinents. So under this agreement between ISRO and Oppo, India will exchange technical information for NAVIC messaging services to build rapid ready-to-use end-to-end application specific solutions by integrating NAVIC messaging service with a mobile handset platform keeping in mind the need of Indian users. So this is their statement. As far as my personal opinion is concerned, I don't know. See, I, I don't understand the complete agreement. I don't have the agreement with me. Since I didn't read the complete agreement, I cannot uh, comment on it without reading the entire agreement. But from the looks of it, this is this looks like a bad idea. That is my personal opinion. And uh, let us wait and see what uh, comes out of this agreement between uh, ISRO and OPPO. So these are the important information. Uh, these are the important news items, newsworthy items for this week. Hope you have liked the video. If you have liked the video, please like, comment, share and subscribe to the channel. If you have any questions, use the comment section below to ask those questions. I'll answer your questions for sure. If you want to engage with me directly, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Akashwarta. And this has been this week's Akashwata Space News Beat. Thank you. Stay safe. Still trying hard to get the Kid Brown name out. Namaste.